0: You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, and this week I actually decided to re-air an older episode after I received a lot of questions from some of you about investing. Now, when I released this episode explaining index funds back in February of 2020, this show had like 10% of the listeners we have today, even with that little six-month hiatus that I had thrown in there. I mentioned that because there's a really good chance that you haven't heard this particular episode. So, like I said, since bringing the show back, I've been bombarded with questions on Instagram about FIRE, about investing, about just so much more, and I just felt like some of you guys really needed to hear this particular episode where I explain kind of what index funds are and how they work, and then some of you who may have even been around at that time... And, you know, you may be in a better position today and need that little refresher. And so with that being said, let's jump right into this episode detailing the ins and outs of index funds. (laughs) In this episode, I'll probably throw out some company names, some actual index funds, some types of accounts, and more. This is not me advertising for any of those companies or any of those things. I assure you that I'm not being paid for any of this by any of these companies, and I'm also not recommending any of this for you personally. This is not me advising you. This is just general information that I've learned over the years and. And that I've personally implemented for my household. That's it. So jumping right in. I mean, in order for you to start investing in index funds, we first need to establish an understanding of what index funds are. And so when I think of my investing style now, I think back to cookouts in my early 20s where everybody was supposed to bring something to to eat. Right. And so back then I didn't have a lot of money. So I would always plan to bring something less expensive like napkins, drinks, chips, cups, whatever. You know, I was I was totally that guy. Right. And so now here in Houston, I had a few grocery store options when it was time to shop for what I needed. So I could stop at Walmart. I could stop at Target, Kroger or even AGB. And so this particular part of the story carries over into the investing world, except the stores are not called stock stores like they're called grocery stores, which I mean, I think it would have made it a lot simpler, but instead they're called brokerage firms. And these brokerage firms have different types of accounts that you use to make purchases. And just like grocery stores, there are plenty of things you can purchase at a brokerage firm. And just like you may have a favorite grocery store, my two favorite brokerages happen to be Vanguard and Fidelity. Now, this is for a variety of reasons, and I'll say that I personally use Fidelity, um, for a few reasons. Number one, because the investing options that I have with Fidelity equal pretty much anyone else, so that kind of levels the playing field in my opinion. Uh, and two, well, their website and their app, they're just way more user-friendly, uh, which can be important when you're new to the game, as I was when I signed up. So anyway, back to the cookout analogy. So once I'm in the grocery store, right, I can head straight toward the chip aisle to buy the chips that I need to bring for the cookout, right? And so I get to the aisle and I see Doritos, I see Cheetos, I see Lay's, the Fritos, and of course the generic brands of these and so many more options, right? And it's then that I would realize, uh, shoot, man, like I have absolutely no clue what I should buy right now. I mean, I'm personally a Doritos guy, but what if the crowd's a Cheetos crowd? And what about those random, you know, two and a half folks that love Fritos, right? Like, I don't want to look like an idiot by getting the wrong thing and wasting my money. So maybe that's how you feel about investing in the stock market. Like, you know, you need to buy something, but not knowing which decision is the best one for you in your situation probably has you feeling a little stuck, right? So, I mean, if you watch the news, it's like Apple's booming, right? So, should I go with Apple? And I mean, Tesla has been tearing it up lately, right? Or or what about stock in the company that you work for? I mean, let's face it, making the wrong investment for your retirement is a lot more risky than showing up to the cookout with ruffles and hoping things go well, right? So, what do we do? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, if you really, really care deeply about grabbing that wrong bag of chips at the grocery store, you do what I do and you grab one or two of those boxed variety packs, right? The ones that have the Doritos, the Cheetos, and you know, all that stuff all in one little box. And so you make sure everybody's covered and everybody's happy. See what the variety pack does is it lowers the risk of you walking into the cookout again, looking like an idiot with the wrong bag of chips. So you cover the cool wrench and the nacho cheese Doritos folks right you get the the Cheetos person taken care of and you even throw in a couple of those Fritos for the two and a half people that care about those and um, in the in the investing world to kind of bring this back home The variety pack of chips is what we call an index fund. And in the same way that there are tons of variety pack options now, you've got the Doritos, you've got the hot ones, you've got, I mean, just all these different types of variety packs, there are also tons of index funds. And so by purchasing index funds, what happens is you essentially own a whole group of stocks or bonds or even both. And so that kind of lowers your risk of picking the wrong thing. And so some of the stocks will be hits like Doritos and Cheetos. And again, you'll probably get a few Fritos out of the bunch. But like I said, there are tons of index funds. I mean, you have the international ones, which hold companies doing business outside of the U S you have, um tech index funds that only hold tech companies and you have what's called small and medium cap that holds smaller and medium sized companies and there are a few more but you can pick and choose however many you want and and all the different baskets you want but my personal favorite is a good total stock market index fund now a total stock market index fund would be like if Frito-Lay made a list of like every chip that they've sold a ton of And they put a few of each of these in the variety pack, right, based on their popularity and how many of these they sell. Now, imagine that, right? They've got like every chip that they make, every popular chip they make in one pack. And you really couldn't go wrong buying that for a cookout. And so by investing in the U.S. total stock market index fund over the long term, I'm making a relatively safe investment because, again, I'm essentially buying a piece of every publicly traded company a.k.a. the American economy, which has pretty much done nothing but go up when looked at in 10 and 20 year increments. Like, yeah, sure. There have been times where we've had these little runs where a year here, or you know two years there or whatever. But when you step back and you look at it in 10, 20 year increments, pretty much everybody that's gone this route has won. And so. Yeah, you may buy a few companies that go out of business, kind of like those uh, those 3D Doritos that used to come in the little plastic cylinder thing. Um, but in that mix, you may also be able to just crush it like with the next Apple or Microsoft, Google or, or something like that, you know. So so how do you know what's a good index fund and and what isn't? Well, an important thing to remember when investing is that past performance doesn't determine future results. And so what that means is just because something made somebody else a lot of money last week, last month or last year, that doesn't mean it's going to happen for you if you buy the exact same investment. So. Instead of chasing past performance, focus on things that do matter, like freeing up cash flow so that you can invest consistently and also watching the expense ratio. Um, and let me go into that. The, the expense ratio is the fee that all funds charge shareholders like you and me. Um, expense ratios matter because every dollar you pay out in fees Is a dollar that could have grown over time in your brokerage account. So it's very important whether you're doing a 401k or Roth IRA or whatever that you look at the expense ratios of anything that you buy. Um, So, for example, one of my favorite index funds is Fidelity's FSKAX. It has an expense ratio of 0.02%. However, there are some actively managed funds with expense ratios sitting around two and a half percent. And so let's break this down. If you bought $10,000 worth of both of those funds and you waited 30 years, you never contributed another dollar. The expense ratio of the actively managed fund could cost you around $29,000 more than the index fund. So again, we're looking at 0.02%, 2.5% and you may be thinking like, oh, that's not a big deal, but $10,000 $10,000 over 30 years, that's going to cost you $30,000. Right. And so listen, because I, I'm not only paying the fee, I'm also losing out on the growth that the money and fees would have made as well. So um that's the important part of this whole thing. So again, always be aware of your expense ratio when you're investing, especially with your 401k because they've actually been known for having pretty high fees. And so as a matter of fact, a great assignment for you this week is to check the expense ratio on your 401k because again, super notorious for having high fees. So to recap this. You're going to first need to pick a brokerage firm or a stock store, if you want to call it that. Uh, from there, you'll decide which type of account you need to open at the brokerage firm to hold your stocks. So the most popular accounts are going to be traditional and Roth 401ks, um, traditional and Roth IRAs, or even just a regular brokerage account. And so 401ks are offered through employers and they're tax advantaged. IRAs are also tax advantaged, but you can actually open those by yourself. And a regular brokerage is also another one that you can open by yourself, but it actually has no, you know, significant tax advantages. So once you decide on an account, you're going to fund it with money and then you're going to use that money to buy the low fee index funds. And the low fee index funds are the variety pack that hold the individual stocks that you hear about all the time. So. So the brokerage firm is going to hold your account. The account is going to hold your index fund and the index fund is going to hold individual stocks. And that is how buying index funds works. And if you have any questions about index funds, the various types of accounts, or really any other general investing information, you can always find me on Instagram at winning to wealth, which is spelled exactly like the show winning T O W E A L T H. But until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care.